Hey there, welcome back to Bob Lake Podcast. We're glad you're here. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. We have a, a really interesting, like most of ours, very interesting topic today. And uh, I think it was actually the last, this is the last topic of our Talladega Nights podcast. And we're going to finish with the quote of, um, I'm the best that ever was. I wake up in the morning and piss excellence. So really strange quote to be talking about on a podcast, but what we bring from that is the idea of where does your confidence come from? What kind of personality, where your values come from, but also um, are you truly confident or is that confidence really thin? And we dive into that. It's pretty, really good discussion. It's something that Davin and I really believe in, part of our values and how we treat people and uh, what life's about and what kind of legacy we lead. So we're excited for you to listen today. So let's get started. Right. It's all about your defined motor skills because that's the first thing to go. Yeah. It's actually a really good situation to um, like replicate a combat stressor. Oh, really? Because when your body begins, like when you go through that level of stress and when the sympathetic response mode kicks in, like it's fight or flight, right? Mm -hmm. The blood pools in the center of your body. And so the first thing to go in that type of situation is your fine motor skills. Right. Right. And there's all kinds of studies. Grossman did a really good book on killing and on combat, two of them actually, that talks about the physiological responses that your body goes through. Right. And so doing the cold water immersion and getting out and having to do some sort of, you know, like assemble a weapon or something like that, or, you know, do dry fire drills or something like that. It replicates a combat situation really closely because your, your fingers are like, it's like sludge, right? Like trying to get these things to move. And in a very stressful combat type situation, it's the exact same type of feeling. Yeah. So so how do you deal with that? Like you're going to combat, you feel that, how do you, I mean, you said as long as you're aware of it, gross motor movements. Like you learn to manipulate weapons using, instead of fine motor skills, gross motor skills, right? So think about a your standard pistol, right? Mm-hmm. You load it and then there's a slide release. Mm-hmm. Every pistol has a slide release on the left side or the right side, depending on the pistol. Instead of trying to manipulate a slide release in a very stressful situation, this movement with a thumb is a fine motor skill, mm-hmm. right? So right. you learn gross motor movement. If Also, if you wanna release that slide, you can take the palm of your hand and slap the slide right, right. and it will release from, from the, the, uh, the cocking mechanism and put the weapon in a battery. So in a, in a situation like that, you learn to, instead of trying to do this, a fine motor skill, yeah. you learn gross motor movements because ah. gross motor skills, the movement of your arms is still going to be something you can perform relatively yeah. easily. But a movement like this, there's been a lot of police officers. There've been a lot of people defending from in, you know, home invaders that have died because of their inability to manipulate a slide release with their thumb in a very stressful situation. It's the same thing why you should never, if you're going to have a weapon for home defense, Mm -hmm. if you don't have it loaded, when somebody kicks the door in and like you're, you're not going to remember. So there's been, there's a lot of stories of police officers that have died. Same thing, squeezing the trigger over and over and over again, but their mind isn't able to process why their gun isn't firing. And within milliseconds, it's too late. Yeah. Right. So, Interesting. Thanks for attending my TED talk on combat stressors. <laughs> I like that. I like that you. Did, I like that you didn't have to, uh, you know, go through your whole thing with powerpoints and everything on it too. That was nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't even know if that's a segue. Are we recording? We're, we're recording, right? I don't even know if that's are, a segue. You know, other than the last podcast, we're always recording. So, and and, and here's the thing: is I, so you train to that kind of thing, right? right? And so you know that. When the situation arises, you're not having to think through the process of 
the action, right? right? You're just going into the action. And you've told me that you get you go out to the range a lot of a times, lot, and yeah. just like it's yeah. just about what do you got, uh, muscle memory? Mm-hmm. Yeah, muscle memory, and and it's amazing. Even the way that I feel, if I don't go for it, let's say I don't go for a month, right. and I got to the range, the amount of thought that I have to put into it when I pick the weapon up for the first time mm-hmm. is is shocking, right? And yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. I made a career out of doing this, but it's not like riding a bike. And mm-hmm. maybe it is, but like you jump on a bike for the first time in five years, you're going to know how to ride that bike. Right. But there's some nuances of the performance of that of that machine that you're not going to know as well as if you rode it every day, Right. right? And so that's, that's the importance of training. And that level of training gives you a tremendous amount of confidence, right? So I know that in that type of situation, I'm supremely confident because yeah. I know that I wake, that I'm the best there is. Like I wake up every day and I piss excellence. Oh, wow. But it's because of the level of effort that I've put into my craft that gives me the confidence to be able to feel that way. I can't. And that is a proper I, segue I, into the I have topic. heard that quote before somewhere. <laughs> I've heard that quote before somewhere. I can't remember where, where was the other quote. It was like it was in a Talladega Nights or something. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. We're doing Talladega Nights quotes. Okay, today is a momentous day. It is. Um, this is, I think, our last podcast with Talladega Nights. So it's been it's been an interesting run. It really has. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to miss the laughing clown shirt. I am. Um, on I, you. I, can can you save that? Oh, it's, oh they're not leaving. I'm not burning them or anything. I'm, they're going to stay around, but I'm not. But uh, a little bit ago, I, I put my shirt on and walked down the hall to the restroom. <laughs> and, you know, I'm used to it. So I don't think anything about it. And I got more than a couple of strange looks from sure people that don't work here. They're like, wow, okay. I don't know what, I don't know what they do at their office. And now I don't want to know. Yeah, but it's just better. All that all they need to know is is we're the best it's ever been. Better to leave that alone, it, right? And and because of that, it gives us a confidence to be able to do that. Right? It does. It does. And and it's kind of like doing it for the gram, anything for the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think before we jump into that, you're you're talking about those those types of combat stressors and you know the ability to have the type of sustained energy, the ability to have the energy to act in a situation, but the calmness to think through. A particular situation right. to, not, to not and right. you know that's been one of the biggest benefits i went to the range it was middle i think it was middle last week lisa and i went and did a little bit of shooting and you're still going to be tactical is that where you guys yeah to okay. go to be tac out in cattle and and for anybody in the area if you're looking for a range that gives you the freedom of you know maneuver to be able to shoot and but also have the range safeties that are not over the top but also protective b tac right. is, is a fantastic place they're not a sponsor of ours they're just good dudes retired military yeah um and one of the things I was able to do was the first time that I actually had used magic mind when I went out there and it was interesting working through that scenario of waking up in the morning, having my coffee, taking it and getting out there and working through a scenario. And and we, we do simulated shooting drills like as, as a family, like Lisa and I do, because it's fun to work through because you're never going to replicate a perfect situation in, in that type, in that type. And it can be stressful, but having, a balanced and sustained amount of energy for me was was interesting. And, and it's one of, I think, the biggest benefits that I've got from Magic Mind is being able to get out there, take it in the morning, go work myself, work work through what would be a stressful situation, have the energy to do it, but also the calmness to not react in a, in a negative way. Yeah. I, I, I ca- Caffeine, I love it. It makes me edgy. Right. I'm an edgy person kind of by nature anyway. Right. And, and that's one of the biggest benefits that I've noticed from it. Yeah. And, and you know, for me, I, and we have, you know, I, one of the things we need to talk about in the podcast one day is, is the whole idea of meditation. Yeah. Right. And so I do just 
probably at least four, try to do five days a week. I, I meditate either morning or afternoon or a lot of times if I go to the dry sauna, I do it there. Yeah. And what it does for me is, is it, it's a calmer and it, the best way to describe it, it takes the edge off of life and that I'm not jumpy. And one of the things I've learned about this stuff is, man, it's, it's magic mind allows me to not be so edgy and coffee, caffeine, like you said, makes me edgy. And there's something about that wake me up, that kick in. But to me, the sustaining without the edge is super important. And yeah. that's one of the things that I've enjoyed yeah. the most is, is not just the staining part of it, but it's that taking the edge off of, you know, what caffeine would give me an edge, this takes the edge off. So that's what I've enjoyed about it. Yeah, and you know, I think the other thing for me is the transportability, I guess for lack of a better word, is, you know, wake up in the morning. Actually, I think I had it in my go bag, you know, yeah. like where, I, where I put the pistols and, and the, the ammunition, that kind of stuff, and just, yeah. you know, chug yeah. it where you're drinking the coffee and get yeah. out there and, and, and do your thing. And so, you know, it doesn't just apply to, to, to business and it sure it makes us sharper. It makes us right. you know more relaxed there, but it's also interesting to see it applied to other areas of life and yeah. certainly helped me out, man. That's good. I like that. Um, I think, uh, I think I've talked about this before, but one of the things that the ingredients that I enjoy the most is the lions, I think lion's mane mushroom. Yeah. Which I've, I need, I'd love to see one in the wild. I should Google, I should Google that Google image that to see what that looks like. Um, I've got the feeling like it looks like a real, like an awesome mushroom, like really cool. Like, like almost like a lion's mane. Me. Yeah. Like a lion's mane. Yeah. Your powers think, of deductive reasoning are just spot on. Listen, today, by the way. This is, I'd be college educated, <laughs> but uh, that, that is what does it for me. To me, that's the ingredient that means the most to me. Yeah, absolutely. And what Bible 20, you know, on, on their website, oh, right. you know, plug if, somebody, that in if somebody wants to try it, yeah, it, it, it's for our listeners to give you a solid discount to go ahead and try this thing out. And if you like it, subscribe, do what I do, get the subscription for it. Um, shows up at the house. Don't have to think about it. Don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Take it in the morning, make it part of your routine. I think the, the link is in the show notes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And taking that will allow you to feel like you're the best there is to wake up in the morning and piss excellence. We talked about it already, but I, you know, I think it's, it's the perfect place to end the the Talladega night series and yeah. the quotes by, by Ricky and, and, and the group, because it's, there's such a duality to that quote, right? When he says it, you know, I, I think he says in, in the interview towards the beginning of the movie, he, he does. Right? Yeah. And, and it was after Cal, his first success. Yeah. He's got Cal with him and he's got his wife with him and, and, they're talking about how he's, you know, one of the winningest drivers, but in the duality of that is that he also loses a lot. And right. I think as men, we are so programmed and hardwired to have this overt level of confidence, right? To believe that we are excellent, to, to try harder, to press harder, that, that, that effort and confidence will overcome any type of situation. Right. And that there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot to, there's really a lot of truth. To but that. the other side of that, and I think an interesting place to take this today is about quarter of an inch below that confidence lies a pretty nervous self-confidence lacking right. boy. Right. Right. And Ricky was the same way. I mean, as, as the movie goes on, you dive into a whole lot of issues that he has with his past. And you know, when, when true trouble surfaces in the middle of the movie, when his car catches fire, he reverts back to a whole lot of childhood type trauma right. that, that he had. Right. And so for me, that's why that quote is so interesting is in the context of the movie, but then the context of life and what it takes to be a man is the duality of the confidence and the lack of confidence that comes with, with the, with the true belief that you are the best there is and you wake up and piss excellence. So on a, on a personal level, you know, to me, 
we've all known friends and known people that were confident, right? And, and to me, there's two types of confident. There's a confident that comes from within because of who you are. And then there's a confident, uh, confidence of I'm trying to um, tell myself, I'm trying to convince myself, and therefore yeah. I'm trying to convince you that I'm awesome, right? And I think that's part of what Ricky was doing that day was not only convincing everyone else that he was great, but also himself. And that's a whole different crowd of people, right? And those are the people that it doesn't take very long before you can see right through that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's a lot to portraying confidence, but there's there's a, a fine line between portraying confidence and just being a jerk. Yeah. You know? And, and man, there's there's a lot of jerks out there. And it, it's it's sad because, you know, you, it, there's a fake it till you make it. I get it. But there's also, uh, you know, I don't, there's, there's a limited amount of time I can be around those people. Mm-hmm. And what it tells me is that you're not confident. And it tells me that you don't have it together. And I'm not drawn to those people. But the people I'm drawn to that have that confidence that comes from within because of who they are. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it goes back to, it's almost like a value system and a belief that you have is I am who I am because that's who I want to become. I've become that it's, I think we did the podcast about, you know, what's in your barrel and it's throwing all the things out. I think McConaughey talked about it, but yep. what's all in the barrel, the things that you don't want to be and what's left in the bottom of the barrel is what values and who it is that you are. And it's those things that drive true confidence. Yeah. Right. It's knowing who you are and knowing who's the, you know, what those things are that drive true confidence. Me trying to figure myself out. And it, it's like people in an argument that just try to be loud. The louder I get, the more I'm gonna make my point because I don't really know for sure how to debate or really where my words are coming from. I'm just know that if I the louder I say it, the more confident I'll seem. Yeah. Interesting point there is there's the portrayal of confidence, right? And when we were in Mexico with the kids, this is their first time having to walk into a place that they've never been before and act like they somewhat know what they're doing. Right. And had that conversation with them, like walk into every situation like you've been there before. Right. Like you know where you're going, like you know what you're doing and people will treat you differently simply because of portrayal of confidence. Right. And I, I have a, a saying for Lisa when, when she gets, when she's not confident in a situation, I say chin up, boobs out. Yeah. And I yeah. know that's not the most PC thing, but you know, for, for a woman to walk into a situation bold and confident right. for a man to yeah. walk into a situation, like he knows what he's doing. The world will give you an allowance that it won't, uh, that you won't otherwise get. Right. If you walk into a place timid, if you look like you have never been there before mm-hmm. or like you're doing something wrong, you can get away with a lot of stuff if you just act like you've been there before. Exactly. And, 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 you know, for me, it was, you know, the, the, the saying I was walking like you own the place. Mm-hmm. Right. But to me, it's, it's doing that. And then when you figure out that you, and you know, pretty quick, you don't own the place, but you walk in with that confidence. But when you do something that's not according to the policy or the rules, or, you know, you have to wait on the table with everybody else, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. is then be kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and to me, some of the best relationships I've, ever had was walking in confident and someone pulling me back, right? Is maybe, you know, sir, I understand you, but you shouldn't be here. This is not, you know, you're supposed to be over here, whatever it is. Oh man, I'm my bad. I'm sorry. So how does this work? Right? So then ask the question, how, how does this work? And then for them to tell you, Oh, it's this and that, and this, and they then respect you. And then you begin a conversation 
and next thing you know, you wind up somewhere that you had that, you know, you weren't really supposed to be in the first place, but you wound up in the VIP section or whatever. It's right. Yeah. It goes back to the idea of, of, um, I think you learned this, uh, in negotiating class Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, the way you approach that uh, person at that ticketing agent is going to determine where you wind up. Are you going to make that next flight? Are you going to get that upgrade to first class? Are you going to get um, the first one to get rebooked on the next flight that, because you just got canceled? What's the determining factor? And it's that combination of confidence and kindness. Yeah, I, I love that. And you're, you're onto something there with either the portrayal or the depth of confidence, right? And one of the things I'm able to, to grasp pretty quickly with somebody I'm negotiating with is, are they portraying confident confidence or are they confident? Right. Because the way that I'm going to, I'm going to approach that person is going to be completely different. And yeah. if you are portraying confidence, that's good. But then if, if it's baseless and you're going to quickly find a situation where you're over, where you're over your skis yeah. and you're going to get picked apart. Yeah. Um, and I think the portrayal of confidence and the learning and the reciprocated kindness to the people that are kind to you is what builds from a portrayal of confidence to a depth, a depth of confidence. Right. Right. And the most confident people in the world that you see treat servers with incredible amount of kindness. Absolutely. They treat people and saying that I've, I've, I've always loved is you can, you can measure the character of a man by how he treats people whom he does not have to treat. Well, that's, that's so true. Right. Because people's true colors come out and like, do you think this person is beneath you? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they're not on your level? And how do you treat them as a result of that? Right. And to me, there's not a whole lot more disgusting than people who treat servers like they're beneath them, that right. they treat drivers like they're, like they're, they're not as good as them. And, there's not a whole lot more that'll turn the world off to you mm-hmm. and make you send you back to just the portrayal of confidence rather than the, than the depth of confidence quicker. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with that more. And, and like I said before, you know, some of the best relationships I've ever developed over time have been those people where I, you know, let's just be friends. Let's just be friends. I, I respect you. You're, you're, you're no different than me, right? Yeah. We all born the same way. And, you know, we're all different places based on work or based on, you know, um, you know, who I was born to or where I would, all those different things. But at the end of the day, we're all people. Yeah. And treat them as such and they will treat you back as such. And if nothing else, man, you could really make someone's day when they've had a really tough day of people not treating them that way. And it's not about what you get out of it, but it's about, you can see on their face when you treat them with respect, what you see on their face is like, wow, this guy gets it. Yeah. And that, that's what they're looking at. This guy gets it. And that goes back to what I mentioned the very first part of the podcast is it's the confidence that comes within mm-hmm. versus the confidence that I'm trying to portray. And that goes back to values. How do I value other people? How do I value other people that aren't me or like me or whatever the case is? And, you know, I, I think that's one of the things we're missing in our country right now a lot is, you know, I don't have to understand you and your culture. And, you know, the reality is, is we can say we can try to understand other people and other cultures and how they grew up. But until we haven't walked in their shoes. But at the same time, if we treat people respect and treat them the way we would want to be treated, it goes back to the golden rule. You know, yeah, I mean, it's that easy. Then a lot of these problems would go away. It's man, I, I don't have to understand what you went through. I can't. I'm, you know, it's a short life. I can only understand so many things, but I can treat you with respect and not try to tell you that you aren't this because of this it's man let's just let's just be friends and i don't have to be best friends with you 
But right. I just want to treat you with respect. You treat me with respect and we'll be it's a better life because of it. Well, and don't associate the amount of money that you're willing to throw at a person as though you're being kind to them. Yeah. Right. In that type of situation, if you are somebody who's rude to your server, you know, demeaning to you, you, you treat them in a demeaning way, but you tip them a couple hundred bucks at the end of the night. Yeah. That doesn't make you a confident person. It makes you an asshole who tips well. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And and I think most servers would rather have somebody who treats them kindly and tips them twenty percent than a jerk that tips them 200%, right? So, uh, no doubt. No Especially doubt. As, as a young person, because you are, you're, you're inputting into that person, whether you like it or not, when you're interacting with somebody that's, that's like that, is you are helping mold how they view the world, right? So, you know, and again, this isn't about servers, but I, I think it's a perfect, you know, within context to talk about, um, you know, confidence versus cockiness, is just treat people well. Yeah, it, it, here's the deal. Every time you meet someone for the first time, they're going to walk away from you with an opinion of you. Yeah. And that's going to be completely driven about not how smart you are, not how many big words you used or how awesome they thought you were. Oh, wow. I was really lucky to meet that guy is you're going to walk away when, man, I really like that guy. Or I really like that girl mm -hmm. or I didn't. It's that simple. It's really that simple. It, it really is. Yeah. I either want, I would love to have another, you know, and it's subconscious, but I either ha want to have another interaction with them or I don't. Yeah. And the more people that walk away from us that, man, I really like that guy. I would, you know, subconsciously, I would love to have another interaction with them. And if you see them again, they light up rather than look away. Yeah. And man, when, when we're gone, all we can leave is a legacy. And who knows what that relationship could be? You know, Jamie and I were talking about this weekend is, man, the, the, the legacy we leave behind is not the money and it's not the position. It's about the people and the things that you do with those people um, or help those people or whatever the case is that you'll never know about, you know, you, you'll never know the effect you had on that person, good or bad. But all we can do is leave behind the best we can. And hopefully that the people we touched are better because of that interaction. Yeah. And who knows the lives that were changed because of a 30 second or a two minute interaction you had with someone one time. Not just the people you're best friends with. Well, and you also never know who you're interacting with. Oh, that's true. And, and I think Uber has has changed that a lot, right? Oh, yes, too. You may people think of a cab driver, right? People and they they automatically draw the vision of a of an inner city New York City cab driver, right? Yeah. And everything that comes along with that. There's a lot of six figure or millionaires that drive Uber because it's fun, right? It's fun because yeah. they like interacting with people. Right. Cool story about that. I, I was up in in Philly. I'd gone up to to Cerner and uh, oh, I remember this story. This is cool. Was working. I jumped in an Uber and just got talking to this guy, and we had a really good conversation. And come to find out, like this guy was multiple time Philadelphia High School Football Coach of the Year, who had worked on the New York Giants staff. His name is Albie, and he'd worked at multiple colleges. And because of that, we're in we're in the car, and and Peyton, this was Peyton going into his junior year, and he's calling not just recruiting coordinators, he's calling position coaches at some of the schools that he thinks Peyton would be a good fit for on the phone while I'm in the Uber. And I had a, I had a conversation with Mike Dawson, the outside linebacker coach for the University of Nebraska. And Peyton got on their recruiting board as a result of a conversation with somebody that I could have treated poorly. I could have said nothing, but I wanted to interact with him. And it is significantly impacted Peyton's college recruiting progress thus far, just based on a conversation that I didn't have to have with the person. And it's, made our lives significantly better. That's so cool. We, you know, our lives are more valuable because of good people. And if, if you truly treat people like you want to be treated, 
then you're going to find that value in other people. And you're going to find that nugget of inspiration and yeah. in whoever you're with. And that makes us better people, yeah. not just makes them, but makes us better people. And, and it makes our day. And, and, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, we need those times, yeah. those things. We've had bad days. It just takes that one special interaction that can change our outlook on the day. So feel like you're the best there is. I think have the confidence, the portrayal of the confidence is though you're the best that there is and wake up in the morning and, and piss excellence. But that doesn't mean that you piss on other people in no, the process. Right? right. And and I think that that's where that, that, that depth of confidence and that depth of character comes is, right. is are you making yourself better? Like singularly? Cause if you are, you're going to find yourself on an Island or are you waking up trying to make yourself better, but the other people around you better in the process. And the whole being excellent is a whole another topic for another day, the podcast, yeah. but you know, trying to be your best every day. Um, of inside, be your very best that you know you can be is worth a, a mention, worth a mention too. Well, yeah. another, another topic, another day. So I'll say this, wrapping things up, kind of wrap up the whole Talladega Nights thing since our last episode. This has been fun. I, yeah. I've enjoyed it. It's, um, you know, we, we typically have things that are going on in our lives that um, we want to talk about that we bring to the podcast and that's fun. But this has been kind of fun. So we, we literally sat down one day for about 45 minutes with so and said, what are all of our favorite, you know, quotes from a movie and literally wrote those quotes down. And that's what we've used for the podcast of, you know, what are the, what are those quotes? And they're, they're our favorite quotes cause they're funny, but they also have meaning behind them. So I've really enjoyed this. I don't know about you. Yeah. It think about the value of this, right. Is not that we're breaking down Talladega Nights quotes, but we're, we're able to capture people by, by, by common interest. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about one of the most quotable well-like movies of the last 20 years in yeah. Talladega Nights. Right. And so the ability to bring people in, under the pretense of talking about quotes from Talladega Nights, but then having kind of cool substantive conversations around quotes and how we translate that to real life has been pretty valuable. I don't know if anybody's listening or watching or whatever. But it doesn't matter. This is about us. Yeah, it's about us anyway. Yeah, just more, Just we just need more magic mind. <laughs> Absolutely. So, by the way, we're not getting paid for this. No. I can no. assure you. But I'll tell you what, we're getting, we're getting value for it. There, <laughs> there you go. I like it. <laughs> you like I that? I've enjoyed it, man. Thanks. That was fun.